Yes, 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 yes. Welcome, everyone, again to the latest episodes from my mom's garage home theater edition, where we take a movie or TV show, throw it back to you full of spoilers, thoughts, concerns, reviews, and a rating at the end. As always, this is your host, Tony, with my boy, Nikki. Hello, hello, my movie watching people. Today, yes. today is the day. Today was the day. I don't know how to explain it any further than that. Today is the yes. day. That we've all anticipated just because it's the one movie, like we all just said, effort, we're going to the theater to watch it. Like, yeah. period. We, we, there was no consideration after that. It was just, we're going to a movie to watch this movie. <laughs> so, the, what I'm movie, the movie I'm referencing is Spider Man No Way Home. Oh, yes. So, okay. So, just if for people that are not sure what we're talking about, Spider-Man No Way Home is the third installment in the Tom Holland um, rendition of Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, and this is just epic. Um, I'm going to get into, you know, everything right away, but let me just start off with, you know, it starts just the world as you see when it starts off. Uh, he starts off with, uh, this is right after, um, um, what was it? Um, Far From Home. No, no, Mysterio. Mysterio. Yeah, Far From Home. Yeah, Far From Home, where Mysterio reveals not only that Spider-Man is Peter Parker, but also that uh, he blames um, uh, Spider-Man for all the devastation that Mysterio caused, also his own death. Yes. So, uh, man, that, like, at first, you know, it's funny, the first five minutes, I, like, I was kind of cringy. Like, I liked it, and I, it set up the world very well, but it was so cringy just because it was, like, all these people just, it's, like, the conspiracy theory. Like, you hear so many, like, what conspiracy theories you hear now, and you see how that world is so easily, like, like so how half the world was, like, supporting him, and the other half is, like, you yeah. know, forget about trying to, trying to get him to, like, be this villain. Yeah. They go off this one theory, and then they just, off of one line, and they completely changes their perspective without knowing what really everything behind it. That's what I'm saying. And it's like even even now. And that's and that, and that's what happened in the world now. Like this somebody, exactly. people are called out for something without no context of whatever happened beforehand. And they just go based off of that one just one source of information instead of getting the full story. No, and then the craziest part is obviously that was like this is all still within the first couple a couple minutes where even after it's proven that um that he is not the culprit. He is not the person they're accusing him to be. Just people's opinion didn't change at all. Like yeah. People still believed he was he was the killer, the murderer, whatever that they were trying to make him out to be, even though it was already proven that he wasn't. So it's 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 kind of crazy. But my uh, one thing I do would say, though, aside from the cringy parts that got me that I was like super, you know, just giddy about yeah. was the scene with where he gets to meet his lawyer, uh, which yes. was uh, Charlie Cox. Yep. Damn and he no. caught that brick. <laughs> like, yes. it's like whoa what is this like <laughs> it, it happens <laughs> so exciting so awesome just that little moment it it, it just c- confirms that he's in the mcu mm. and then here's side note is, is that in hawkeye which was funny enough the same week the movie came out mm-hmm. they confirmed the kingpin in the mcu yeah so that's just a little side note but we go back to the movie yeah so, so yeah so you get introduced into into uh charlie cox's uh, Daredevil. Yeah, you introduced Charlie Cox to Daredevil, but he obviously gave good impression that, you know, obviously he's cleared all these different things, but then even after he starts going, and it's weird too, because like with all that going on, 
um, you would think that, like, I guess all that was uh, all kind of things that kind of participated in it, but the thing that got him, the thing that really just caused him to want to find us an answer was when they all applied to the, the school thing. Yeah. Where they're all waiting for the different, different schools. And it wasn't just the fact that they couldn't get into um, MIT, which was the school they wanted to go to. It was the fact that... The reasons, even, the reasons behind it. All the, well, not just that, but all the other schools prior to that that they applied to, they were denied. Yeah. So it was like, basically at this moment, MIT was the one they wanted to the most, but that was also their last you know, school. So... And they responded. No, but ultimately, I, I what I liked about that scene mm-hmm. is that they just said you didn't get accepted. You didn't get accepted. You, you didn't really know the reason why until the the scene that Ned opens up. He goes, "In light of recent events, we cannot accept you." So you, they ultimately saying that every everybody that he was because he was associated with Spider Man, and that they would not accept him into the school. So he's like, oh, all the other schools did the same. The, you automatically assume that all the other schools did the same thing because from from homecoming to now, they've all been, ideally, that you could tell they were smart kids. They had, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? They had ambitions. They, they already had an idea. They had a plan in place of where they wanted to go to and everything. So they had those opportunities mm-hmm. in place. So it was, it was, it was, that was the catalyst that made him want to go to Strange to try to have everybody forget that he was Spider-Man. It was it was crazy. I was, it was and then <laughs> my favorite uh my like I mean it's kind of messed up if you think about it. like if you really break down the whole movie considering technically why like why he did this. Yeah. It did not really need to happen. Like even even the whole uh wishing, you know, everybody forgot thing. Yeah. Like he still could have survived that. Like it wasn't dire. Like you yeah. thought, like the movie didn't like. I mean, nothing wrong with it. I mean, I trust me. You're you're a kid, and your whole world's like that. I get it. But like when Doctor Strange is put in perspective, like, wait, you didn't you didn't call them back? Yeah. So wait, before you had me basically just brainwashed the entire world, you didn't even bother trying to call them back. Yeah. Like he just belittled them. Like, wait a minute, I thought you were in a dire situation. You're not even there yet. Um, so yeah, it, it kind of puts you in perspective. Like technically, all the stuff that he he had to go through um, really could have been avoided so easily. But I mean, but it, you don't think about it. You know, obviously, it's like it perpetuated just little by little, one thing to the next thing, and the next thing to another thing. Like it, it just got bigger and bigger. Um, yeah. But I, I, I really did Wait. like the. Uh, but I'm sorry. No, no, no. What are you saying? I let you finish off. No, no, no. Um, the one thing, also another scene that I, a lot of people hit me up about saying that they reminded me of of me, yeah, which I thought was kind of funny. I guess there was a scene where obviously because they couldn't live back in their own home because they were getting bricks through the window, um, they went to low live with Happy, yeah, and it looked like Happy was like living in like, you know, you could tell he's obviously living in the tech shadow of, of Stark Industry because that's yeah. what that's what he's. That's what his position was. Tech director. Yeah. So, uh, but it's so funny because obviously he gave his bedroom to Aunt May, and he's over here in the, in this in the couch with this with the CPAP machine with the CPAP machine. In my head, I'm like, other people are like, man, I saw you. I'm like, I saw me too. Cause like, cause <laughs> I like, remember when we went to go watch that movie. The minute that scene came up, I think me me and Jose looked at you, and we all looked at you. <laughs> you didn't look at yourself, but we looked at you, and you knew we were like, yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. exactly how I sleep. That's you, Nick, on a chair. Oh my god! No, it's oh, so yeah. funny, but uh, no, it was so okay. 
Um, sorry, like it was just it was just a, such a funny part and everything. But um, um, how did you feel when it really like started? Because obviously the movie the movie wasn't really slow. No, but it was, when they it start was building, great, the, it had great pacing and like. There was never a moment mm-hmm. of like everybody was just standing around. It was mm-hmm. always like something has to something was always progressing the story. You could tell you could see uh there were scenes that you like they were just talking, but it was mostly for progressing the story itself, just to create the dialogue. Mm-hmm. But what were you saying? No, no, no. I was just thinking about like everything. Um where everything started kicking off? Yeah, like basically like it like I said, it wasn't slow prior to what was going on, but the part that uh like, how did you feel when it actually started? When everything actually the started? Action, start? The action started? Well, yeah, I guess when the action started. Uh, that it was, this is a scene that he went to go see the MIT, the MIT recruiter. Yeah. Um, and then that's where you're introduced with Doc Ock and um, the Green Goblin. And I think, I think that was the best introduction to his villains. Mm-hmm. And I like the fact that they were, he was, he was being Spider-Man, well, not being Spider-Man <laughs> for some reason, I, I guess. Like, he was he was doing the most Spider-Man thing ever. Mm-hmm. And just having off-cuff comments and just action and, and, and actually taking, looking more very situational awareness to make sure everybody's safe out of the way. Mm-hmm. But I love the fight scene. I love that he was, he was using his agility and then the, uh, the spider armors came out and helped him to assist. I... I I can't. There's not much to say because it was like fucking awesome. Is ah, oh, I do it enjoy. Was just, it I, was funny though to see like you know obviously this was a huge villain for uh, Tobey Maguire, right? Yeah. It was like, <laughs> because uh, that Stark tech didn't exist, so yeah. basically, like I guess saying that Tom Holland's world is the most advanced. Yeah. Um, he was able to just. Disable disable his uh, his yeah. arms so easily. Yeah, just because of the nanotech. Yeah, so I thought yeah. it was funny. And then Green Goblin came in and he just blew up and bounced soon after. Mm-hmm. And that's when uh, Doctor Strange comes in and uh, imprisons Do- Doc Ock and finds that he also did the lizard. So I guess he was fighting the lizard because he had like a scratch in his face. Yeah, he he, he had a little bit of a struggle. He saw an off world presence and everything, and he yeah. fought the lizard. So it was it was cool. Um, I don't know, like I, I, I don't like I just like the 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 way they brought the characters back and they were able to kind of kind of correct. It's almost like they corrected. It's like they went off a checklist. Like, what do we not like about these characters or what they did or how they portrayed them? And let's fix it. Yeah, because like the whole thing with uh, um, with uh, 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 Jamie Fox was obviously that he was pure blue energy, whatever. Yeah. But, so and that's and that's a good way to. That's what one thing people were saying, like, oh, why is he a different color than if he came back? And you understand, when he came in, it's a whole different energy source that that's that's, that's uh, powering that's our po- world versus where, there, yeah. where he was from. So that's what gave him that 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 gold yellow uh, glow than mm-hmm. when he was blue. But I I like the fact that when all at the point where he had all the uh, villains imprisoned. That they all knew each other and they all kind of gave each other's backstory. So people that maybe have never seen or just catching up just to the Tom Holland, they know why they're there and yeah. what's the sense. And, and it shows that they were all taken moments before they passed away in their own story. Yeah. And it was crazy because they were like, oh, there was a moment that Doc Ock was like, 
you're chasing a ghost. He's like, because Norman Osborn died. He was, over, he was original. And I like the fact that he was kind of the one that you didn't see it for, at all because he was the original. Yeah, he was yeah. the first villain. First villain in the first Spider-Man movie, yeah. Yeah, so it was great to put them all together. I think the cast of, of villains was amazing. I'm, I'm kind of happy they didn't put a sixth person because I felt if whoever the sixth person was would either have to be tied to... And the only, the only other one would have been and this is jumping towards the end, would have been Venom to be in the sixth one, but it would be Venom, um, Topher Grace Venom. Yeah. And that wouldn't have worked well. I think nobody would have been. Nobody would have wanted that one. But I, and then the other one would have been the, because they had two different variations of, of of Green Goblin, the uh, James Franco version, Mm -hmm. and then the one from The Amazing, which nobody liked them either. So it was good that I think that they they were they were very I don't know the proper maybe pragmatic is where like they picked the people that the, the villains that people favored even the ones that maybe weren't favored as much but they felt like could be favored but you know what not even favored I think they picked them let's say because the only one that they repeated are different variations of Green Goblin mm-hmm. all the other ones were never in the other in the other movies so. It is just to be symbiotic and very a cohesive rogue gallery that he, you could pick from from movies or from the previous movies to bring them here and to each of them that you already know kind of know their backstories if they didn't come in, if you did if you did see the other movies mm-hmm. but if you didn't like I said you were introduced to their backstory to see why they were there and why they hated Spider Man mm-hmm. and what I also liked and people were having issues with the other the other two Tom Holland movies that. Both villains in the first two were just because of Tony Stark. That's why they were his villains. That's why ultimately he inherited them. Yeah, he inherited those villains because they were they hated Tony Stark's in the process of it. He just just was like innocent bystander that became the victim of it, and he had to defend and fight for it. Mm. So these are genuine Spider Man, not his, not Peter uh, Tom Holland Spider Man, but the embodiment of Spider Man's villains. Okay. That came in that you like they hate Spider Man. They don't hate Spider Man because of A, B, and C, D characters. Yeah, they yeah. hate Spider Man because Spider Man. And and I like and I like that they did that until he was like, and this what's great about it is that it 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 shows you the humanity that Spider Tom Holland Spider Man has or, or all the Spider Man in and their variations had is that they had this sense of humanity that they wanted to save them they wanted eat all of them wanted to save their villains green goblin he tried to save him but if you've seen the movie he he used uh uh the um green goblin i guess i don't know craft yeah and killed himself you see the same thing with doc ock he kind of he was so embodied with uh harnessing the energy of the sun that he killed himself same thing with Let's say Venom, but even though Topher Grace, he was trying to save him too. All of, and even in the Andrew Garfields with the Lizard and uh, Shocker, he was trying to save them. They ultimately died under in in their own hands of their own uh, greediness or their own Mm -hmm. vision of what they wanted to happen. And and it showed here, even though that's the best part about it, like he doesn't know them, he doesn't understand them, he. He just thinks they they are villains from other Spider-Man's universe, but inherently I need to save them and not kill them off. And I think that was a great 
great way to show Spider-Man's character in the movie. I think that one thing they should have done, I mean, maybe they just don't want to kind of, uh, I guess, foreshadow too much. Uh-huh. But it would have been interesting if they said something like, um, just keep in mind that all these people exist here somehow. You know, like if we're all Spider-Man from different universes, even though we don't look alike, even whatever, there's a good chance that all these all these characters still might exist in your world. And, you know, they might not have gone through what, what you know, they've gone through. So just be ready for them so you can help them or whatever. Yeah. Like, you might have, like, you know, it's kind of suggesting, like, you might have your own Doc Ock. You might have your own. I think it won't be the same. Like, it won't be the Alfred Molina. No, but, Doc. but but obviously by saying, like, you know. You can have your own diff- version. We're all different. We're all Spider-Man. We all look different. You might have your own version of Doc Ock. You might have your own version of. Um, Dr. Octavia. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> like, so like, into the Spider-Verse. That's what I'm saying. So you might have your own version of all these villains. Yeah. So even though you defeat them here, please be ready because you might get something like them in your world. Yes. Like, I wish it would have been, had that conversation just to kind of, I mean, maybe they don't want to bring those characters. Maybe they feel like, oh, we already did those characters. Now we brought them into this world. Yeah. We'll leave them alone. But at the same time, it would be interesting to. To be like, there's going to be other versions. They're, they're very, just be ready that you might get. They're doppelgangers. Or they're, yeah, but there's a good chance you might get your. like Their like, variants are in this world. Exactly. Variants. Perfect. There you go. They're variants yeah. of like. Loki. Like, boom. <laughs> like like we're spider like we're variants of spider-man obviously all three of us you could have your own variants of you know in yeah. your world so that was cool so okay then then we get to um <laughs> the the part where the the, the part in the the the, the apartment was kind of messed up but I, i'm happy the way it happened i love the way everything kind of played out like as far as so, him, so him we, being we, able we, to see so we his spider, like his, his tingle thing, yeah like he being that he, he has a fight with doc hawk and he turned because uh, Doc Ock created a cube that will send all the villains back to the moment that they passed away for them to die because that's part of their their story. That's that's the that's how it will recreate, uh, recorrect, it will correct everything that's happened. And Spider Man didn't want to do that, he wanted to save them, so he stole the box, trapped um, um, uh, Doctor Strange in this in this portal. Uh, like I guess a, a middle dimension, this multiverse dimension. Mm-hmm. He kept him there while fall, while strung up on strings, and he takes everybody to Happy's home. Uses the Iron Man's, um, I guess, fabricator uh, to create uh, either uh, chips or ways to stop or to nullify their superpowers or their powers, so they could be normal and they could live on their lives as normal as possible. His Spider-Man kicks, and that's when he starts fighting Green Goblin because he's been masking it for the last few moments. Well, yeah, but I I just feel bad because of that moment because obviously he's, you know, they he's on top of the world. You know, he's working basically with these villains, um, and they're all on top of it. They're all working. They're all going, with, going along with it. And obviously, you know, that's the part where you see the biggest sacrifice. But it's weird how that scene somehow played a huge a bigger part later yeah. in regards to obviously when we're referencing when he lost Aunt May. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a it was a jerker, like a tear jerker. Oh hell yes. It and was. it was it was it was just sad because it's like and you didn't you know like you liked her as a character, you you know he doesn't have a lot. 
because I feel like other characters, I feel like they, I don't know why, I feel like other Spider-Man might have more, but no, he really didn't have as Anybody. much. But, um, so yeah, he's, I mean, especially after this, but um, he, so yeah, he lost not May and everything like that. So the part, like, you know, he was really just seeing that as just kind of a, something that had to happen or something that just happened and he, he couldn't, you know, the, that he could have changed based on There's what he no, did. Nothing could have happened. No, nothing Basically, he would have done would have changed it because of what the decisions that he made because ultimately he wanted to send everybody back but Aunt May showed him that he's better than that. And and I think that was she was his guiding light to 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 keep that humanity even though he has it all along. I guess she amplified it cuz he had it and I think she just showed him more like you really do have if you have that power, you have that responsibility to do it and and it's and it's crazy because then you're like, oh, nobody probably never seen as Aunt May being the Uncle Ben of his universe, because people usually tie tie Tony Stark as Uncle Ben, but in reality, he didn't know much about Tony other than that he was an idol and he 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 kind of mentored him. Tony mentored him a little bit, but you never see much relationship. Between them, no, I think they had a, a really good relationship. I just think Bro. it wasn't the Uncle Ben moment was more because uh, I, I never thought that, that that Tony Stark was his Uncle Ben. Did some people uh, would would connect be like, oh, his Uncle Ben was Tony Stark, but like, no, he was more of a mentor and helped him out, and he treated more of him like a little brother than a fam, like a like a distant cousin. He trying to help out. No, he was ben. his mentor, but Ben, I don't consider Uncle Ben a mentor figure. No, that's what I'm saying. Uncle Ben was no, Uncle Ben was family. I'm saying that Tony's character was more of a mentor yeah. than an Uncle Ben. He he, you didn't see that that relationship that he had, like how he had, like you, how you saw it in Tom Holland's. I mean, uh, Tobey Maguire's or Andrew Garfield. That other than that, they loved him and they were more of a father figure than anything. On May was his mother figure, and that's and that was like kind of you would say his Uncle Ben moment. No, and that's what I'm saying because the, the Uncle Ben character is a grounder, like somebody who, because obviously Tony Stark is not a grounding character. That is a person that he idolized and and looked at him like a son. But they together would the world became bigger. Like they would go further. Like his adventures got bigger. Yeah. The so that that's not that's his more of his catalyst for uh, his superhero nature, not his. Uh, ben Uncle Ben character is a ground character. Somebody who, no matter how big, brings you down to like to, it brings you down to, to a earth. ground. Basically, it brings down to earth. So yeah, no Aunt May has always been that for his him anchor. because literally his anchor yeah. to everything. But it was crazy because when she shared that moment, you didn't think much of it. But then later on, obviously, um, which you know, let's kudos to the whole idea that now uh, Ned seems to be magic now. <laughs> um, but no, that scene before I get into the the thing that connected them all, the scene where they started to reveal uh, other Spider Man was perfect. I thought it was perfect because it just showed up like it's like you knew they were coming. You knew it. Yeah. The, obviously, no matter what <laughs> they tried to do to stop spoiling it, you knew they were coming. So the minute they showed up on screen, you're just still like giddy. Like, like oh hell yeah! Man, like what? Like so. And I love that. Like um. They they literally addressed almost every little criticism or joke that you would have in regards to like things that you think about them or stuff like that. But um, so yeah, they introduced Garfield and they introduced uh, Toby, and uh, but then they also introduced that Ned is magic somehow because yeah. obviously the and I really want to reference what 
they showed something in his house that I felt gives you an indication, and I really want to know what that means, which was the scene where they showed, like, all these little knives, like, swords in his wall. Mm-hmm. I don't know what they... They focused on that for a second, then they went away, and that felt like that was a telling moment. But we'll see what that tells you. Um, yeah, I, I I know what you're saying. When I saw it the second, because we watched it twice. Mm-hmm. That second time I watched it, the first time I'm like, why? I'm thinking Raven the Hunter because mm-hmm. of knives. I don't know why, but I'm like, it can't be that. I'm like, it's what? magic and and somehow yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know where they're trying to reference with it, and they did it when I saw it the second time. I'm like, yeah, they're actually telling us something because they're not going to show something on screen. If it's not gonna be be shown again or referenced in the future, I think it's gonna be a character with uh, not a strong origin story. So because that way, because obviously that's what they do. They take they take characters, uh, they they start mixing characters based on like, or like if they don't have a a very big presence in the comic book, uh-huh. or they don't have a very solid origin, they're able to mix those two characters. And yes. I think they've been doing that with like. Um, you know stuff like uh, um, uh, seen t- like Sonic Teenage Warhead type thing, like yeah, characters that are very not present in the comics. Uh, and that's what I'm saying. They start using those co- like those characters to bring them out because those are characters they can use and surprise the audience with, as opposed to just kind of making them into characters you already know like too yeah. well. Um, but continuing story. So yeah, the part where they able to find them on the roof because all the Spider Mans all have that spot. You know that spot where they get away from everything. Yeah, but before before we get into the spot wow. that they all meet, mm-hmm. we have to appreciate the cinematic moment where you see Tom Holland's character. This is soon after Aunt May dies, and you see him standing in front of a big, like LED screen with Jonah Jameson saying that he's a menace, and it just cuts back and forth to from his face to like a wide angle shot that he's just standing by himself. And that see, that moment was very heart wrenching, because not only that he lost somebody, he he he's understanding more that what his actions caused, and that he is coming to terms. He's realizing that his there's a cause and effect to his actions. A lot of the times, uh, prior like homecoming, anytime he did something, Tony was there to stop it or prevent it or shield him from it. If something happened with uh, Far From Home, you had Mysterio that was trying to be like an anti-hero, but he was really disguise- a hero, but disguised as a villain. And you had Ned uh, Nick Fury almost as his backup to, and, and Happy as his backup to help him along the way to, to assist him in the process. But now here at this moment, he didn't have nobody assist him. He was by himself. And he, he's sitting into this, into this mindset that his actions... His his decisions have a, an effect to it, yeah. and he grew up. Or he's he, growing up. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 understanding that. So then we jump into both Spider Man's coming in, and they meet him, and this and and I think I they were using, and I was and there was a scene that they all meet and they were talking about how Hank, uh, Tom Holland's character was talking about how angry he was. And he just wants to kill Green Goblin. Yeah, and Toby and and uh, Andrew were like, no, you shouldn't because. Doing that will ultimately you can never take that moment back. You can never you never be that same person after that moment. And he Tom Holland, I mean Toby expressed it when when uh, he killed uh, the person that killed his uh, his uh, uncle. And and 
and he also with um Andrew with Gwen Stacy. And I think what what I did, I think they did very uh intelligently, intelligently with it was that they used Andrew's story as more of an emotional anchor than Toby's. Of course, yeah. I think that it, it expressed because they all had lost. They all felt yeah. like they lost somebody. But I think uh, Andrew's loss was more heart wrenching. Yeah. Because not because, you know, let's say he loved, you know, Gwen Stacy more than, you know, this guy loved his aunt or, or um, Toby loved Ben. I think it was just how it happened because he was so close to saving her and he just couldn't. Yeah. Like, you know, that because everybody, you know, basically, Kamala can can go back to every decision he made prior to that and try to recreate it, right? Yeah. Um, you know, Toby could could think, you know, like how he could have changed things, which is difficult for him to do. But I think uh, Garfield's uh, moment was so visceral, like it was so like there, like you, he literally can play that moment back and forth in his head, and she just keeps on dying. He keeps. On, I, I didn't say I was. It was the one that I think was the most heart wrenching. Yeah, and like, I think is that was the only one that was more visual than all of them. That's what I mean. The one that you could connect more. Like everybody else can question their whole life to see how it could different outcome. Yeah, because Uncle his, and, and like, Toby, he, he, he didn't see him get shot. He was already shot. Yeah. Uh, well, Tom, he, she got injured and she just bled out. But he really, the thing is, he couldn't really see that play out any. Yeah, but he saw it like her hit her head. And like, he was literally like an inch or two inches, or like some crazy little number that it literally it was went just, down to his just, microseconds. Just, I'm sorry, it. it was yeah, it was like like if he pulled another two seconds, he would have saved her, or a second, or whatever it was that he could have saved her. Yeah. So and 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 I think that's he had that emotional anchor carrying with him, and then that's when they get together and they start let uh, start concocting all the antidotes. Mm-hmm. To stop each villain with their own powers. Oh no! But going back to one thing too is that the part where it seemed like it was destined to happen, as far as Aunt May dying, yeah, was when they all shared the same quote. Yeah, with great response, with, with great, great power, power comes great responsibility. Like, like how did they all hear the same quote from people that died that they loved, like that loved them, you know, the most? Yeah. So it was they realized it was something that. That had to happen somehow. That's why he's like, I don't think she died in vain. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you go back to the, the high school where they're all, <laughs> they're all like kind of yeah. getting ready. Which I, that was a great little like uh, kind of like a calming scene. You're like you know, yeah, a little a little break before between the yeah. chaos is about to commence. But uh, the part that got me, I mean, obviously, I know a lot of people are gonna reference the part where like all the Spider Men are like, wait, but me, like here, Peter, like, Peter, Peter, Parker, Parker, yeah, uh, we're all Peter, but like, we're all they're Peter pointing Parker. to each other, like, which, which one of us, like, and they had that scene, like, <laughs> yeah. in the movie, like, you, me, me, you, you, me, yeah, um, but the, the scene that got me the most in that little scenario, because obviously there was a lot of building in that one, um, was Ned, where, because he's like so excited because he feels like, he feels his role as being the best friend is so important, so he wanted to see, I guess how it would play out. Like he yeah. feels like these two characters may be the future. So when he starts asking them, like, did you have a best friend like me? He goes, well, yeah, I did. And I was like, what happened? You know, like when he tells me like, well, you know, I, he died in my arms when, after trying to kill me. He's like, Oh, <laughs> so when he made that promise to Peter, 
oh, I will never turn into a supervillain and try to kill you. I just felt that this, okay, this foreshadowing. is super foreshadowing. Like, oh, yeah, he's definitely not going to be. Like, <laughs> the minute he said that in a Marvel movie, he's uh, definitely now going to be a villain, a supervillain that will try to kill Spider- Spider-Man. Yeah. Oh, definitely. You have to. Your best friend's always has to try to kill you. I feel like something's going to happen where it's like he blames him for somebody. Yeah. Like some kind of connection maybe he has with, uh, or maybe, you know, I, you know, I was thinking, and maybe this is too soon. I felt like when he came back and he saw that Ned was there in the in like the restaurant or whatever. Yeah. I thought it was, I mean, I don't know how long it was. I thought it was going to be like something like maybe they were together. I thought that too. But uh, so maybe that's what ends up happening. Maybe they end up together and somehow she reconnects with Peter. Peter. And then he feels like he just stole this. She falls for Spider-Man and she finds that Spider-Man is Peter. And Again, that, but then, you know, and but ends up causing. So that's how, I don't know. It's this interesting connection. I wonder how they're going to play it out. But um, it's okay. Yeah, that was the prep scene. Let me ask you a question. Why? I guess in all these Marvel movies, especially now that this is after Endgame, like nothing, nobody really references Iron Man as far as being any kind of a hero for what happened. Like, I mean, maybe, I don't know, maybe it's said, but I feel like uh, Captain America is the one that gets all the credit. Credit, yeah, like the, to the point where they, the end of the scene where they literally were trying to put the, and I maybe I get it. Captain America is technically the uh, propaganda. Yeah, he's an idol. He's, he's an a, idol. He's a, the the American idol. Yeah, so it's just weird. Like, poster. But, he's a poster child. He's a poster child of what it encompasses to be a hero in America. Yeah. So they're gonna use that against somebody that was the capitalist, nar- the capitalist, a narcissist. And everything to 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 be the symbol of greatness and freedom or whatever they want it to be. Mm. So that, but now we get into they have in Statue of Liberty and they're installing a, a shield <laughs> on Lady <laughs> Liberty's hand, which I thought was funny. Which is a final battle, and I think that was. And 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 if you haven't listened to the last episode where we did the end of movie uh, movies of the year. Uh, referencing, I reference this moment is that when they're fighting together, they were like, "Let's, we all have our same tingles. We all can sense each other. They're like triplets. Let's just communicate." And they start swinging. They start like web swinging. But they, there was a scene. I think it was Tom Holland and Andrews webbed uh, Toby, and he just spun them, like threw them back up to the area, then further up, which was and. Which was beautiful because it just a harmonious moment between a multiverse of Spider-Man fighting together. It was, it was amazing. Oh my god, I could talk about the fight scene. Um, I I do like the fight scene, but before that, I did enjoy the um, the downtime, like between the uh, between uh, uh, Toby. Uh, oh, they were just my, my back. Just let, up. Let me, yeah, let me crack your back. Each other. And I and I like the fact that I mean I love the fact that uh, they re- they they basically kind of tackled the whole thing with Aunt Garfield being the worst like you know this whole idea that Garfield was the worst Spider Man yeah and he said it himself the fact that he said it himself was just so he's like and then and then Toby was like no 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 you're amazing you are amazing yeah, you say, are amazing I think you believe see like obviously because he's amazing Spider Man yeah versus regular Spider Man so I don't know I just like I liked it I felt like they redeemed a lot. You know, they just re- tackled yeah. all the the negative press from all the other ones. Anything and that people have said something, they 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 said it with an offhanded comment mm-hmm. or like a, a comedic moment or a joke. 
that you were like, we understand why you hate us, but I'm just throwing it back at you. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, and then obviously the ending where he has to now make the ultimate sacrifice. Yes. And I thought that was kind of crazy because I mean, in retrospect, I was trying to figure out how that can actually happen, but obviously the the whole sacrifice at the end was that. Not only, not only, um, it's not that people forgot his secret. Not that they, they forgot who is Spider-Man, but now he has to make it so that they forget him at completely. Yeah, the, nobody knows who Peter Parker is. You know how messed up that is? Like, he has no, like, not even acquaintances. Not, yeah. even, not even people that he used to nod to. He literally is a complete stranger to the Everybody world. Everybody to the world. Which, I started thinking, like, why did he remake his suit at the end? But then it made sense. Why? Because... The suit that he, all the suits that he had were from Tar, were from Tony Stark. Stark. Yeah, yeah, he has no Stark tech. Which is, I don't think he, he I don't think he just didn't get it. I just don't think it all like um, he doesn't have access to it. Exactly, like you know, it's all you know. Basically, there's no record of him. Yeah, no, so there's Spider Man, but there's no record. No, no, there's, I know, but what I'm saying is like, there would be no record of him having access to to be able to do because Tony wouldn't give access to Spider Man. He would give access to Peter Parker. Yeah, so. to. So all the suits that he has are just are basically he can't use them. Yep. Which I love the idea that he had to start new. Yes. That that because um so well let's back up a little bit. Uh so before before he shows the the, the new suit and we get into that is he goes to see after the doctor Strange just the spell 6 months later he goes to see MJ mm-hmm. and uh at the donut shop and she sees him come in and you see Ned follow right behind him, sit down, get a donut. And he hears them saying that um, they, that to MIT. they got to MIT mm-hmm. and he's happy for them. And then he uh, he goes into he go he goes to pay and he sees her and he sees a mark on her head that she's still recovering from uh, the battle scars from the, that fight. Yeah. And I think at that moment he realizes almost like all the other Spider-Mans, like knowing I, him, knowing him is going to hurt them. They're yeah. going to be in, in danger. So he chose not to tell her anything to continue. And then if you, if you notice when you, and, and after that he goes, he gets his apartment, his little dingy apartment. And what's crazy about it. And you just said it that nobody knows he, he never existed because he has to redo his GED. Yeah, well, I mean, they know who Spider-Man is, but they don't, they don't know, know who Peter Parker is. So he has to reintroduce yeah. the identity of... That means all Peter. his education, everything. He everything has. is gone. Yeah. He never existed in this world. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it means he has to fight to get even back into college. Yes. Wow. Which which was great because Spider-Man in the comics was a, a young adult that was struggling just to get by. He was supposed to be the everyday man. That's the right. Every, has he become a photographer yet? No, he hasn't done photography yeah, yet. So like, so that's gonna lead into that. Like, he's gonna do. That he's gonna have to pick up a, this kind a, of work, odd end jobs, photography, pizza delivery. Mm-hmm. So, and that's great about it because now this leads into what, ideally, what the comic book Peter Parker was was just an average, everyday person, the person he didn't have the ability to have happy that they needed money or anything or. He could call Cap McFury for assistance. He's by himself, all by himself. Like literally, nobody knows him. Everybody that he cared about either passed away or has forgotten about him. So now he's standing on his own two feet, 
and this league literally becomes he is the man he's supposed to intended to be. Now the question I have is, do you think now that everybody forgot him that, like, because obviously with all the other characters being um, introduced, um, you know, obviously kind of the new, basically the new Avengers, that you do you think that he'll be a part of it? He, he, he's gonna be, he's gonna be a part of some type of Avengers, or he's gonna be included in any big arc that they're doing. And I'm gonna lead into that one way. You know, I feel like I feel like somebody's gonna know. Like somebody's gonna remember. Like I feel like there's gonna be one person to still remember. Like I don't, I don't know why I feel the like the only person that would remember mm-hmm. would be Vision. Okay. Because he he wiped everybody's mind, but Vision is ideally a, 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 a symbiotic robot, so he'll remember everything. <clears throat> that will be the only person I think that would know who he is. I, just, I feel like obviously he's alone. I don't know. It's gonna be interesting. I'm just saying, but it's a great segue into um, introducing in a whole new movies and. You know, obviously, because like you said, he was building up to a bigger character. So yeah, like you, he could just call the Avengers. He can, he can just have this nanotech suit do a lot. You know. Yeah, and oh, so yeah, nanotech. So what I was going to get back into is that a lot of the people, a lot of issues that I didn't have, I didn't mind the issues, but and you could tell why. A lot of the people, uh, a lot of uh, the communities that had an issue with the first two Spider-Man movies, is that he relied a lot on Stark tech. For for all his abilities, mm-hmm. like anything he was anything he was mostly able to do, he relied on the tech that he was given. Now that he doesn't have it, he has to rely on solely on his abilities of what he's able to do. Well, also and, his intelligence in that tech too. Yeah, yeah, but and then on top of that, now with everything that's happened, and he understands the the gravity of his decision makings and and what could be the cause of it. This will lead him to be more careful or more understanding of what's his decision makings are going to be better because now he understands the, the the gravity of what could cause it from it so i saw something interesting today and this kind of ties into this where um about i think andrew garfield reprising the role again and in my head i'm like wow if you think about it that'd be a that'd be an interesting move for marvel and sony to make together where it's like well, we want Tom Holland to continue in the MCU. And Sony goes, well, the thing is we're not making as much if we let you keep on doing this. Yeah. So they're like, and obviously, you know, all the Sony movies that they're making of just the villains doesn't work like that unless they have a Spider-Man. So the idea of this movie creating in a world where they can literally make a separate Spider-Man movie. With Andrew. And with Andrew Garfield and, and still make another one with Tom Holland and it really have nothing to do with, with each, each other. other. Yeah. And it could still all work. It's it's incredible. Like, it's a weird new world, but it's something that I think could be accepted after this movie. Yeah. Because now everybody loved that Andrew. I think people loved Andrew's character in this movie. He was more a than Toby. Mm-hmm. Uh, people loved Toby because of the nostalgia. And I think Andrew just stole the show and it became out. It had to be between both of them. I think. And, I Sorry, think Andrew still stole the show. I think when he, it came up to between both of them, Toby and Andrew, I think Andrew was well, better. I think the thing that people didn't care as much about anything is it was it was an interesting turnaround because obviously Toby Maguire wasn't a like I thought that was a 
I thought Andrew Garfield's in, uh, role was interesting because it, if one he was he felt younger, a little younger than Toby, and I think it's just because Toby is a very ageless person. He just yeah. seems like somebody who's like wise man's ears, even when he's like a kid. Um, but also, at, it was that he was a, a crap talker, yeah. and that's what I'm saying. I think he did that well, and obviously that was a big difference between him and Toby. But I think it was too much. And I think that's why Tom Holland came in and did it. But it was his he, way of talking crap was just more. He was more in the middle. In the middle. Yeah, because he wasn't really talking crap. He was more just a kid. Like, but he was like, oh, is this your arm? Like, it was like, you know, he wasn't like uh, Andrew Garfield was more very wise, cracky, like trying to make poke jokes. Tom Holland was just more like. Astonished of what's Astonished and curiosity. And yeah. All this. So I think, and I think that's what maybe a lot of people didn't like about uh, Andrews was that he was just always talking crap. But if you notice in this one. He doesn't really do that. Yeah. He's very humble. He's very like... They, like I'm saying, they understood what, what people had an issue with mm-hmm. on both of them, and they... They corrected it. They corrected it. All right. So before... Mm-hmm. We usually do a quote, but I have one more question for you. Mm-hmm. All right. So this is a good one. So I don't know if you if you read or heard anything about it. Mm-hmm. All right. Because of the late passing Stan Lee is always a cameo in every Marvel movie. Okay. Where would he have been placed if you would have pl- if you were be able to place him anywhere? Where have you been placed? Um, obviously it had to be something like a background thing. Um, high school, like well, the part where where he was in high school and there was a wall of um, you know, random pictures of him like that. No, if he was alive right now, where would oh, you? Oh no, him? I was just saying that just if you wanted the cam, the photo cameo of anything. Oh no, no, if he if he was still alive. Mm-hmm. Where would you have placed him in the cameo? Um. So remember when? Uh, remember when they were the the three teachers were invited were introducing back yeah. to school, and he had that coach. Oh. Like you know whatever he goes you know Myster- like Mysterio's right yeah Mysterio's right or something like that. I think that character did a great job. I love that actor. He's hilarious. But that would have been so much funnier if, if I saw like Stanley he goes like just looked at him like Mysterio was right yeah. just walked away like he goes, what <laughs> oh, something like something random like that I thought it would have been funny I, like, I was reading and people were talking about that and there was one that and I I thought of it a little bit mm-hmm. and somebody wrote it out and I thought the way they wrote it was better mm-hmm. so I'm gonna use their their vision of it because I liked it and this would have been in the last the last scene of the movie. Uh, right before um, he, when he goes to see MJ and Ned, he gets his coffee. He looks at M- and Ned, and he just pans a little bit. This is my thinking. It he pans a little bit to the right, and you see Stan Lee drinking coffee, reading a newspaper, and he looks at him. He goes, "Do I know you from somewhere?" And then cuts the scene, and then and then he fades to the other scene where he gets a suit. Oh, I see what you're saying. So because everybody got wiped their memory of him, it's like, "Do I know you?" I got you. That's cool. Um, are we doing the quotes yet? Yes. Now okay, we're doing so, to the quotes. We're getting okay, to the so quotes. So I'll let you. Let me go first because I don't actually have a quote because I have a scene. There's just one scene that got me so much that I can't even think of a quote. Like this is just the like the scene. Like, like there was no words in it. Yeah. But it resonated so much with me, man. Okay. So what I'm referencing is the scene where Andrew Garfield, well, where um, uh, Zendaya is kicked off of the the tower. Yeah, and then to, uh, Tom Holland's trying to catch her, and he's on like the the glider, glider hits him. Yeah, 
So then all of a sudden now Garfield has to basically relive the same moment where he's flying through the air trying to catch her before she hits the ground. Yes. And he caught her. He just stood there like in total silence, frozen, like with his eyes just tearing. Like I was able to, I had to raise like, it was almost like, like, like he had to relive this, this horrible moment, but in a positive way. Yeah. And I felt like, I don't know what it is. It's just that scene just got me. Cause I mean, like I know the background of it. I know Andrew Garfield's uh, role in it. And the fact that he felt so, like some kind of, um, you know, just relief Yeah, that he was able to kind of relive this moment with a positive outcome, even though he wasn't able to save his girl. I, I just, I just felt for him. I felt yeah. for that scene. So it, there was no words in it, but that was the one, the moment that I'm always going to remember in the movie. And you stole my just, scene. Just no words. Just, you stole just, my scene. Really? Yeah, you did. I thought you had a quote quote. No, I had, I had well, mine was like, are you okay? Oh, like, okay. Like, but I was, I, I was going to set up the whole thing. Okay. But, I'll use my backup, my <laughs> backup quote, mm-hmm. and this one. This was uh, um, this is when uh, Willem Dafoe's Norman um, Osborn is is talking to Peter Parker about his identity issues, mm-hmm. and this encompassed the whole movie. Mm-hmm. This pretty much, and he goes and he says in that he goes Peter, he goes you're struggling to have everything you want while the world's trying to make you choose, and I was like. And that what encompasses the whole movie about is that he's trying to have his cake and eat it too. Yes, yeah, cake and eat it too, and he can't. And and the world is, and the world as he knows it, because it's rippling and breaking up in the universe and the multiverse, is making him choose either you if you're gonna be Spider Man and have everybody know it, then here's the repercussion that everybody that knows Spider Man in every universe is gonna come after you. Mm-hmm. Secondly, it. You nobody knows you, and then you you'll be able to live your life, and everybody that you know is safe, as of right now. Which is actually all of Spider Man's problems is like his because remember everybody like uh, uh, both McGuire and Garfield said the same thing, which is well that's the whole thing with the secret identity. Yeah, but that's something Tom Holland didn't have. Yeah. So and that was a big, that was a problem from the like you said from the beginning, which is she, Strange could have easily just hid that secret. So nobody would have known his secret and he would have been able to exist as Peter, Ma- Peter Parker and Spider-Man. But because he needed to still have both have a certain group of people know who he is and live his life. Like he said, he wanted to have everything all together. Yeah. And that's when all the problems are because he tried to have everything. Yes. So I get it. Sometimes it's, it's not like that. Sometimes you have to make a decision and no matter how much you try to avoid making it, you know, now I've always said that that's a that's a deep philosophy that I have in my life where it's like I know there's things I have to do to to improve my life or just things I have to get done. And sometimes I think if I don't get it done, I will something's gonna happen to force me to make it like something like if I don't make the decision, something's gonna have to force me to, like for example, like I've been trying to lose weight forever. So, you know, I've made my attempts and I've failed here and there. And every time I think I'm just gonna stop trying, I feel like if I don't make the decision for myself now, I'm going to get some, something happen later on, like something's going to happen, gonna speaking, you. but it's going to force me to do it. Yeah. So it's either I make the decision for myself now or yeah. life is going to force my, that decision for me. Yeah, exactly. That's what he had to go through. Yeah. 
So, but like uh, that, we well, let's cut into before we get into the ratings. Let's just just give you a little insight. There, there are two after after credit scenes. Mm-hmm. One is with Tom Holland, and he is in I guess Mexico, and he not Tom Holland. I mean Tom Hardy, and Tom he's Hardy. in Tom Holland's universe mm-hmm. as Venom. And then soon he's like he's finding out everything about the Avengers, Iron Man. And he soon is back to his universe, but he left a little bit of the symbiote on the bar. So now we know that Venom is going to be in Tom Holland's universe, but it's just not going to be Tom the, Hardy. Yeah, it's going to be a different. So I'm sorry. Go ahead. So leading into what you were talking earlier about um, Spider-Man and any continuation, any big, if he's going to be revealed into bigger stories, um, there there have been talks, and we mentioned it before that the Russo brothers. Mm-hmm. Are interested in doing a Secret Wars, mm-hmm. uh, Secret Wars movie mm-hmm. where in the the first edition uh, rendition of it, mm-hmm. that's where Spider Man gets a symbiote suit. Oh really? Yes. Also, oh, you think the first person he goes to is going to be Spider Man? He might, or transport himself to from person to person to get to Spider Man. And then this one, this is there was a. Um, I forgot. I'm trying to. I can't remember the name of the character. And he just brings all the superheroes to one world and have to fight each other. Mm-hmm. And that's where, that's where Tom uh, Spider Man gets the symbiote suit from. So let's see what happens. And they, they did a, another rendition of it back in 2006, where all the pretty much all the worlds collide, and Spider Man and Miles Morales are in the same universe. And that was. I don't know if they can do a combination of both, and how they're going to lead into it. But it is what it is. And then we got a teaser trailer for right after that. A teaser trailer of uh, Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. And if you if anybody that watched What If is gonna understand the ending of that of that teaser. <laughs> and that's where I'm gonna leave it. Now we go to the ratings. Um What do you got, Nick? Dude, I mean what do you want me to say? Like I can't like I give it, it a one point five. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I wouldn't believe you if you said that like <laughs> No. I, lies, lies. I want to pick it apart. I want to try to find something because it's you know, I just can't. It's not really anything I can yeah. really say. Like, oh man, I wish they did this. I wish they did that. I think everything was done well. It's, um, I think it's even right the now. outcomes that probably would have wanted to be an outcome, yeah. they needed to happen that way. So there can't even be a judgment on it. So, I mean, I guess I'm gonna give this movie a five. Yes, same here. I give it a five two. This is our second five in for two hundred twenty one. Two fives this year's. <laughs> That's it. And both of them are both our favorite movies. Yeah. Ghostbusters and now Spider Man No Way Home. That's correct. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the latest review of Spider Man No Way Home. And this is the last movie review of twenty twenty one. Catch us next year where we'll be taking on more movies, indies, big blockbusters. And maybe some TV shows and limited series will we'll open up to that also. But like that, like always, guys, thank you so much for tuning in to From My Mom's Garage Home Theater Edition. As always, you can find us on our social media pages, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at From My Mom's Garage or email us at fmmgpodcast at gmail.com. And like that, guys, send a friend, tell a friend, bring a friend. See you next year. Peace. Later.